And we are live, just like that, with the click, Inside the Whale is live. I'm bringing it to you. We did it. Here we go, episode 32. Oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, members of the press, uh, getting this episode out has been an absolutely Herculean effort. This is the probably fifth time that I'm recording this intro. Uh, I started yesterday on Sunday and had some technical issues. Uh, my mixing board crapped out and uh, I just uh, wasn't happy with there was a loud hiss and I want to let you guys know that I really do take this seriously and I'm trying to bring you guys the best possible podcast and if there's a sound issue that isn't perfect I'm not happy with it and uh, I had an episode ready to get out to you and then I, I listened back to it and there was this hiss because my mixing board was not great so I decided you know what I'm going to redo it I'm going to wait till Monday and so now here it is Monday and I'm recording this on my iPhone and I hope it sounds good but I'm trying to bring you the best Nantucket I want you guys to have the best podcast you can possibly have you know that's my mission here with Inside the Whale but nonetheless here we are episode 32 I have two really special guests, and today's a, a, a special episode in that uh, it's about the Nantucket Cottage Hospital. I have two members of the Nantucket Cottage Hospital on the show today, Dr. Margot Hartman and Jason Day, and they were nice enough to sit down and talk to me about some of the things going on with the hospital. As you may or may not know, uh, you know we're trying to get this new hospital built. And uh, I, I am a big proponent of it. I think that the island needs it, and it's only going to serve our community in, in the best possible way. So I wanted to do my part, and I think it's, uh, it's, it was interesting to have two people from the inside talk about all the different uh, logistics and, and uh, issues that, that the, the hospital faces and give them a chance to talk uh, about some of those things. And, it, and Dr. Hartman and Jason sat down. We had a great conversation, which you're going to hear, but uh, I want to... Just make sure it's clear that if, if you do support it, uh, we really need to get the community behind it. And that was the point of having them on, getting people to understand how uh, difficult it is and, and, and how important it is. So I want to encourage all of you to uh, donate because it is um, going to benefit you. You know, when there's an emergency and you need it, you're going to want the best possible facility to take care of your family. And that's really uh, where it starts and ends for me, you know? I mean, it's a no-brainer. So you can go to Nantucket Cottage Hospital, and right on their homepage, there's a green tab there that'll take you right to where you can donate. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to... I'm going to donate. I can't donate a lot. I'm going to give them 100 bucks, but uh, I believe in it. I wish I could give more, but uh, every little bit counts. So I want to make sure you guys take the time out to go do that. And, uh, you know, that being said, let's, uh, let's get into the conversation. Let's hear uh, Dr. Hartman, Jason. We had a great talk. I can't thank them enough for coming on the show. And I just want to let them know that I, I support the hospital, and I'm, I think the island is going to get behind you, too, and we're going to get this hospital built at the end of the day. So let's do it, folks. Let's go inside the whale. time to sit down on Inside the Whale. This is a, this is a very special episode, and it is a, uh, uh, a cause and, a, and, a, and something that I deeply believe in, so I appreciate both of you for sitting down. And Jason, you're going to have to say your last name again so I don't butcher it. That's all right. Jason Grazia Day. It's a tough Italian name. Grazia Day. Yes, exactly. Italian. I like that. My grandma was saying it. That's how she'd want me to pronounce it, so, uh, yeah. I know. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I'm not Italian, but I could even imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's yeah. and Margot Hartman, the head head honcho, who just who we just snagged from a meeting. Thank you. What was the meeting about? <laughs> oh, oh, it was about um, uh, recruitment and retention and coordinating agreements and See, things that people, I don't even know about. There's so many things that we can talk about in 
specifically regarding the Nantucket Cottage Hospital. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a fascinating organism. <laughs> it is, and I sometimes think of, think of it like that, as a living, breathing thing that is adapting and responding and growing and changing and, um, and finding its way uh, to serve the community. And it's, it's, it is a fascinating puzzle. And how long have you been here on Nantucket? So I came first in 99, um, From full where? time. I was at uh, I was an internist at Dedham Medical Associates, a multi-specialty group just southwest of Boston. Gotcha. Um, and I've been coming to the island since '93 um, for just pleasure and restoration, and just loving it. Um, and then had a chance to move here full time in '99. Never imagining that in my life that that could happen, but um, to have a chance to do what you love in a place that you love is was just fabulous for me. But that's a big step going from as a practitioner into administration. Yes. Well, when <laughs> I first came, I was not at administration. I was a physician here for the first 11 years that I was on the island. I was a physician um, working in the emergency department, admitting patients to the med surge floor, covering in the offices, just doing a little bit of whatever needed doing. That's the kind of fun thing about being in a place where you wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. And Jason... You've, you've had some. You've been here since. Would you say ninety? What was it? Two thousand. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yep. I worked for almost ten years at the Inky Mirror, and actually had a number of chances to sit on the other side yeah. of the table and interview Margot <laughs> yeah. uh, as a reporter, and uh, then had the opportunity uh, in twenty thirteen to uh, come into my current role, which is public information officer, so like communications officer for the hospital. And, um, you know, just have a chance to be part of this incredible project that we're working on and this great organization. So um, I jumped at it and it's been great. Yeah. Well, you've jumped in at a very, very uh, interesting time, the shall we end. say. Right. And uh, that's kind of what I thought was important. I'm very passionate about this project that I'm, I'm in full support of it. Thank and, you. and I want to help you guys do anything we can do to have the community get behind getting this hospital built anything that we can do that's wonderful and what i thought we could do is we should talk about some of the things and jason and i had a uh, chance to talk about all these it's a very complex and dynamic issue the hospital and there's a lot of issues that are that are facing the island that pertain to the hospital and uh, it, it's important that uh, the people understand the doctor recruitment was one of the things. How hard it is keeping doctors here, mm -hmm. uh, you know the and staff in general. Staff in general, yeah. and then having a functioning hospital that can service the needs of a growing population. That was another thing. Yes. So I thought that we can just start with uh, tell people a little bit like the the ins and outs of what it takes to get a doctor to come here to to practice. Right. Well. Um, First of all, li living on an island, whether you're a physician or not a physician, is an acquired taste that, for some of us, is just wonderful. But it's not for everyone. And it's not the kind of thing that you can imagine and commit to without experiencing. And so recruiting um, is always a little bit, has a big question mark around it. You know, any kind of recruiting or hiring is always... Um, a little bit of a crystal ball on both sides. But when you've got the island factor added in uh, and you're asking someone to move and bringing perhaps their significant other and their family, you know, it's not as if the other person could get a job down the road. They might want a job too. It's a big package of, um, to ask somebody to commit to. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. As yeah, and you know, Jason made a point uh, when we talked earlier that you know we were very lucky that Lepre and Kane, these doctors, have stayed as long as they have. Yep. And they're oh, they're overworked. You know, their offices are, are, are in Butterworth. Who am I forgetting? Uh, Dr. Pearl, Dr. Butterworth, Dr. Lepre, they've all been here for decades. Dr. Kame now is probably into well, close to 15 years, I think. Yes. Um, Dr. Monto's here. Yep. Dr. Larson um, has come. Um, before I became administration, I loved practicing here. Um, and, you know, it, it is. Medicine has changed. 
The island shifts in terms of its volume and demand. We have the Affordable Care Act, which enables people, and we have mandatory health insurance in Massachusetts, which enables people to have access to primary care. But that means we have to provide it. And <laughs> what do you do? And we're right. thrilled to do that, and we're in constant recruitment mode. Right, but within that and uh, bringing the doctors here, keeping them here, and then having them being able to facilitate in the hospital as well. To when people have issues, you have to have the staff to take care of it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and the other thing I want to point out is we have wonderful PAs, physician assistants. We have Maria Carey, we have Jane Culkins. Um, these are people, practitioners who've come and stayed and practiced. We have Nancy Lucchini as Cal a nurse Peterson. practitioner. We have Cal Peterson. We have Amy Israelian has just joined us as nurse practitioner in our specialty physician clinic. So as you know, we stay up with the times and as um, these, the way in which care is delivered adjusts, we adapt too. Yeah. And speaking of adapting, you know, when the recent uh, influx of all the drug problems that have happened, the hospital has been forced to uh, deal with these other issues that maybe they were in the past maybe not as equipped to. Can you talk a little, a little bit about that? And we're always needing to stay up with what's appearing in the population, whether it's you know a new tick-borne illness or a new um, uh, substance of abuse, whether it's Benadryl, you know, over the counter, or ephedrine, or or um, heroin, or ecstasy, or whatever it is. We need to stay up on it. We affiliate with, um, uh, we have in the past worked with family and children's and we work with other um, psychiatric um, providers that are, are, we have a core of LICSWs who evaluate patients in the, in the emergency room to um, assess what's going on and how we can best treat them. And that may be here and it may be making relationships with Gosnold or other providers off island to get people the care they need and then work to be able to take care of them when they come back. Yeah, and, and it's that- also working with the first responders as well, the fire department, the police department. I know yeah. that the physicians uh, or the hospital entered into a memorandum of agreement with the town to be able to, so they could do have the Narcan program that the first responders right. have. So the hospital provides the medical supervision for that program. Um, so that's been a big tool that the first responders have had in dealing with this crisis that us and all the other towns in Massachusetts are, are dealing with now. And we uh, take advantage of detox protocols that are state-of-the-art. Um, we train with those. We have behavioral health uh, protocols in place in the emergency department and on the med surge floor and um, uh, are w- working with the behavioral health task force and our colleagues in the community to respond as a community. We're a key piece of it, but it's a community um it's a community challenge. Yeah, and I think that that's why this new hospital does tie into it, because there's probably some people that say, what do we need a new hospital for? When was this hospital built? So this hospital was built, this building was 1957. This actual wing was 1964, I believe, but there was, so there was an added wing, but long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, a very, very different time of therapeutics and medicine and medications and protocols and expectations. Um, and so it really is this this building doesn't support um, the quality of medicine. First of all, it doesn't reflect the quality of medicine that's delivered inside it even now. And it's not going to support us to stay on the cutting edge, which the community deserves into the future. I think that's a very good point that it's not it's not able to support the community. It needs to grow with the community. Exactly. And and uh, there are a lot of issues within that, yeah. right? And, and Mar- <laughs> that you guys can and speak. And Margo and oh, her yeah. team deal with the issues of this building more than they really should have to. They should be focusing on the patient care, but this, the, this building is, as we've said before, really at the end of its useful life and things happen like the pipes disintegrate under the kitchen and yeah. the, the plumbing and the electrical, all this stuff um, is is aged to say the least so, um, and that's and that's one of one of the many reasons that we're have embarked on this project that is uh, you know historic and the biggest you know if you think about it it is the biggest capital project on the that the island has ever embarked on and we're doing it all without 
you know, taxpayer support. It's not coming out of people's taxes. And Which is an important thing for it's people It's a very to know. important point. And, and why, as you said in the beginning, we need the entire community to be behind this and support it. And it's not going to happen without everyone doing anything they can, you know, within the limits so that they're able to, to help, you know, whether it's playing with us at the chicken box like you you and your guys did. <laughs> was uh, a great, our, that was a great event. event. Or giving $5 or $10 or some of our generous uh, seasonal residents who have given, uh, you know, $6 million. So, Which um, is an unbelievable gesture. I can't. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. Huge. It's so heartwarming for those of us who work here every day in the trenches and walk the halls every day and, you know, try and have one encounter after the next of a healing kind with the best outcome possible. And just to know that someone will step up with that kind of generosity um, to support uh, what is an incredible amenity. We're an improbable amount of hospital for the size of your own community that we are. That's a that's a very good talking point because it is the the population keeps growing. Yeah. And you're seeing and it, and it goes up and down. I mean, right now it's in a surge up as the as the economy has shifted. Um, but we've all well, I've been here just long enough to live through one or two cycles, but if you talk to people who've been here for their whole lives, um, they've seen this. But and we need to be able to respond to that. So what would you say to someone that uh, is of the mindset that, oh, you know, they're just going to build this hospital in four years, the market's going to tank, it's going to be a bunch of empty hallways, we don't need this? You know, one of the <laughs> most fun parts of the puzzle of this designing and thinking out how to build an intelligent building for a remote hospital that has the high fixed costs but low and variable seasonal volume is how you can understand your care delivery to the point where you can make every space do double and triple duty. Um, and behavioral health is a very good example. So we're designing um, a floor plan whereby the emergency department and the med surge floor where a patient might be admitted um, abut each other. They're co-located on the floor plan and a couple of the rooms will open onto both departments. Gotcha. So we could use, we could have, um, take care of a behavioral health client in that context with the right kinds of eyes from two directions and create um, um, a kind of a little pod as and when it was needed. But then it might also be used for somebody who we were watching with a chest pain protocol overnight or, um, or somebody who needed... Um, um, IV antibiotics overnight and, and or a special kind of cardiac medication that needed the best and highest most trained nursing that we can that we can provide. Did you where did you get that idea? Did you look study other hospitals and we've is, looked, is there a model that you I don't even know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, work? I know. And then and we of course have never done this before, but we uh, we I mean, we've never built a new hospital before. So we um, informed ourselves about how other people are solving that problem as a small hospital and looked at small hospitals in New England, small hospitals um, I, we were out in Wisconsin. Um, I went to a healthcare design conference, met a CEO from a small hospital. He invited us out to take a look at their building. They just built a critical access size hospital, so 25 beds or Once less. you went and looked at it, what, we went what did you and think? studied it. It was fascinating. It's Very just similar wonderful. issues? Or? Yes, and it's wonderful to see somebody, you know, how somebody else solved a similar challenge um, and just... You know, there's always going to be something a little bit unique about our location, but the more you know, and there's no solution, I always say, for, Nan for Nantucket Cottage Hospital that's off the shelf. So, But it's very helpful to know how other people are thinking about these things as you customize a solution for us. Yeah, I mean the the facets of putting the like you said a puzzle together. It's a very yeah. complex puzzle. Yeah. There's no there's no plug and play for right. know, the island. Just as it is with any sort of organization here, whether it's the town and the airport or the landfill, it, the unique circumstance that we have means there's always going to be a little twist or something different or something we have to modify or you know. So it's um. Yeah, something that I want to point out too that I was thinking about driving over is that that's very true of just human nature. Is people don't want to think about the problem until it's a problem for them. So until they have sure. an issue, sure, 
you know, my, all of a sudden something's going wrong and then all of a sudden they need that service. And then what's going on here? Why isn't there, right. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, this doesn't make any sense. I'm, you know, you can just hear the complaints coming. Sure. So I think that's an important, uh, component of why this Nantucket Cottage Hospital, the new one is important, you know, that, that it, it's going to make Nantucket hands down unequivocally a better place. Oh, that is for sure. And I know in a way people don't want to know they need us because whether, you know, if you're on vacation and it's the summertime, you know, you think the rules don't apply. A, you have your probably your primary care team somewhere else um, and you're on vacation. I mean, you know, nothing's going to happen until it does. Yeah. And then you have to know that that's the sense in which the safety net of this hospital supports everything else that goes on on the island. Yeah, and I, I want people to get a sense too, Jason and I were just talking, we're getting uh, specialists to come to the island. The fact that there are specialists. Now, I'm in, I have to go to Boston to see an endocrinologist. There is an endocrinologist that comes here, but there's a lot of people that need to see that guy. Right, <laughs> so right. So, right. I, I don't, I'm not bitching. Uh, it's just part of Nantucket life. And I know there's a lot of people out there that have to do the same thing. I got to go up to Boston today to see, you know. Right. But my hope is that with a new hospital, we can start to maybe take some of these issues out of play. And I am very interested to hear that. I really want to know when people are, aren't feeling that what we can offer meets their needs. And when we did our marketing study a few years ago to find out, you know, what who was taking their elective health care off island and for what reasons and then as we responded and put different um, service lines together the community has voted with their feet and they come to these clinics and then we want to grow them faster and faster and I won't forget about the endocrinology oh, but well no, no I wasn't bringing it that wasn't a bitch no 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 <laughs> I want to be Lepery's done a great job for me and it was just that this is all new I didn't I even experience it that way it's just how I work around oh your brain is <laughs> right around I'm always looking at what is but, what's the next piece of the puzzle that's going to secure this hospital for its community. Yeah, well, like Jason was saying, like when these, you know, these doctors have to come here, you know, they have to make a living too. So the fact that there's even specialists coming here, we should be thankful. <laughs> you know, because they don't make, let's face it, they're not making a ton of money by schlepping on the boat and come, I see a throat guy who yeah. comes out, Codwell, great yeah. guy, comes yeah. over from Hyannis. Yeah. He comes over with these two huge, sure. Huge things right. of like uh, throat monitoring gear and stuff, and, and, and I just right. know I'm like that guy's. He's doing it. I feel like some of it is like because good faith. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like this community needs it. Yeah, I think that's true. And some people really love a little bit the throwback way the the fact that you can be so connected with your patient out here that's different elsewhere in in medicine increasingly, and but it's true people are not as efficient. They probably are not um, compensated in the same way. Totally. So we have to make it attractive for them to come here, and that comes back to a new building. We have to create a building that makes it easy for people to bring their A-game and enjoyable for them to come here, and so that they have the tools they need to do their job. Yeah, right. And for us. And, you know, it's back to what Margot was saying about what did people want to see more of? And, you know, like I uh, have a, you know, I have a new son and I have availed myself of uh, Briar Patch Pediatrics, which I had no idea about, but now I do. <laughs> and Dr. Nuremberg, who is an amazing... He's our doctor. Pediatrician. Yeah. I talk like this? Yeah. All right, here we go. Let me look at your throat, man. All right. I think he's going to be fine. Is she burping? All right, she's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's great. And he's, he's cool. He's here, I like him. And he's here every right. week. And, um, you know, what an amazing thing to have coming to us, right, instead of going over to the Cape, um, you know, and figuring out what, what can we bring here and what, you know, like I think the cancer program is a good example, mm. the partnership with the Mass General Cancer Center, um, being able to provide chemotherapy here, bringing the oncologists here. And as we were talking about before, you know, it's never going to be everything just because of the, the size of the island and the scale and the, the volume of patients. But a lot and what I think elaborate on that why can't it be because i think people need to understand that yeah well i think we were talking about earlier that you know we do we are able to provide chemotherapy here and access to the oncologists who come down from but 
the idea of there's never going to be a radiation center on Nantucket. There mm -hmm. just simply isn't the volume of mm -hmm. cancer patients to support the staffing, the building of it, and having you know these, these specialists here 24 hours a day. Um, but we can figure out the other pieces that will allow a cancer patient to get as much of the care here as they can without having to leave the island. What's sort of interesting that um, Jason's alluding to is even if we could afford as an island and as an island hospital to have every kind of specialist 24-7. We're going to have to wait till the helicopter goes by as someone's, okay. as someone's being helped. Yes, there you go. I know. <laughs> Med flight, part of the continuum of care. Hey, I'm glad it's there. Me, me too. And another side note, this is filled with size. We're just talking. This is the beauty about the podcast. We can talk however we want. But Jason was saying that a lot of times you hear the helicopter and it sounds more than it really is. Yes. Because they're actually just going out to the airport and refueling. To refuel and come back. And come back. So, right. So, right. so, so you one hear. sounds like four, maybe, yes. if you're so a one, casual observer, right? Exactly. Right. And I guess it depends on your predisposition. If your predisposition is, you know, oh my goodness, that's one more thing that Nantucket Cottage Hospital cannot do, you know, then then you experience the helicopter in one way. If you're like me and you're just thrilled that we can connect someone for the right care that they need, working with our colleagues at MedFlight, then you're thrilled. And right. you say, you say there but for the grace of God. Right. Yeah. And that's there. <laughs> and MedFlight is this amazing organization that yeah. takes uh, patients up to you know, the best hospital in the country, in Mass General, um, where they receive amazing care and coordination here with the affiliation that we have with Mass General. So, yeah, yeah there's always different ways to look but at the, it. But <laughs> the other interesting thing is that we are able to take care of here over 98% of the patients who present for care. So, you know, 98%. Yes. And so we do send patients off island because we're not cowboys and cowgirls. We don't, we want to do the best for the patient and treat them or connect them for care where they're best served. And that's the puzzle that's Nantucket Cottage Hospital. Even if we, as I was saying, had all those um, full-time equivalent specialists here all the time, we don't have the volume that's high enough for people to keep their skill sets up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, you have to, and so the, the rotation, such as the oncology program, enables people to keep their skill sets honed to the gold standard because they're seeing a high volume of a specialist kind of patient in Boston and then bring that here. We couldn't keep that just on the volume of patients we have in the hospital alone, in yeah. this hospital alone. So that's actually, if we get our jobs right, it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> you don't get that very many places. Yeah, and it's uh, it's something that just just it is an example of uh, the dynamic nature of, like you said, like I said, the organism of a hospital. Yeah, it's a it's uh, true. It's constantly changing and shaping, and uh, it's the thing that uh, saving lives. You know, it's when you're sick, you need it. Yeah, you know, when so, you're when you're sick, you need it. Right, and you know, if you're young and you're healthy. You know, and you maybe you had a physical for your job, but that's your only experience, and you—it's human nature. You don't care to know what else happens here or what else you might need us for until you do. But um, you know, I, I sort was sort of in that position. I mean, I knew more about the hospital from working at the paper, but I had no idea everything that happened here until I came and I worked here. Um, because you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I hadn't, didn't. Luckily, didn't have to go to the emergency department. Fortunately, emergency. didn't need to know. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, you're lucky if you get through life. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, without any little run-ins. Right. With a medical facility. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And the other thing that uh, Nantucket can seem so sophisticated, and it is. It's both sophisticated and remote and preserved. Um, that people don't realize that there are. We are actually cut off sometimes. And this hospital is it. And if during those times when we've got a nor'easter or, you know, the boats aren't running or MedFly can't fly um, and you have an acute event, you know, that's, we're it. We're, we're it. <laughs> and you want to know you have the most prepared team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, we spend a lot of time getting putting wonderful, you know, appliances in our kitchens and having fabulous ways of um, having leisure time or all kinds of other fabulous amenities that are here. Why wouldn't we have the best that we could have for our health care? Yeah. What are some of the criticisms that you hear of the hospital? Well, I've heard, you know, it's just a hel- it's just an urgent care and a helipad. You know, you can't really, you have to. Do they, will, will you get stopped at like stop and shop and someone's like, hey, Mark, you're, how, does, how does it get to you? You know? Where do you not get stopped? Yeah, where do you not get stopped? <laughs> no, actually, I love to talk about the hospital. I love to tell its story. It's great. Um, because I think it's an amazing story. Um, but you do hear that, that it's just a, an urgent care with a heliport? I think for some people, it's fascinating how some people just, they want as much care as they can have on the island. And I understand that. And our job is to, by holding their trust, the, the, what's incumbent on us is to make the best decision for where a patient can be treated, even if they don't see it. That's the trust that the community has in us. Yeah. That, and, and we take it seriously. Well, that's why I made the point that I... I my and personally feel like we're lucky that there's specialists that come here. I know. You know, it's. We have thank to be you for seeing that, that. That there's someone that even comes in because these doctors don't make a lot of money coming out here, and I'll make that. I know I already made that point, but I think that's. Uh, right. Yeah. It's important it, to know. They're less efficient here than they are in their home offices. Yeah, and it all comes again to that decision of we all love to live out here, and we all love Nantucket, and you know, here for various reasons. But, you know, when you live 30 miles out to sea, there are some things that are different than living on Cape Cod or South Shore, you know, on the mainland. Um, and, you know, it, it, and it plays out in all aspects of island life, you know, things that you have to go off for versus you can get here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think back to what you said about one of the criticisms, and I think it goes to what you said before about uh, the doctors and we need more doctors, you know, that I hear that, um, quite a bit. And again, it goes to what Margo said earlier about recruiting and retaining doctors and getting them to come first of all, which is difficult. And Why don't you give people a little example of how you were telling me how, how much work goes into trying to get a doctor to come to Nantucket? Well, you know, I know, you know, when they, Margo and her team has any bit of interest in bringing someone here and introducing them to the medical staff and to the island and taking them out to dinner. I, I think for every time you hear about a new doctor who comes, there's probably how many dozen who have come and it just didn't work out for one reason or another that you never that people never hear about, right? That there's been so many candidates that have come and for some reason, whether it's them or, you know, it didn't work out. Um, but, you know, it is, and I think people talk about that issue with the new building. You know, I've, to, I've, I've talked to people a lot about this and said, you know, the new building isn't necessarily a silver bullet that's going to solve this problem, but it is going to help in terms of if that is an issue for a new for a doctor who might come here, the type of facility that they're going to work in, you know, you're talking about what we have now versus what we're going to have in the new building. I think it will help. It might. And, and that reminds me of, you know, practicing on an island, which I think of sort of as practicing without a net, is also not for everybody clinically. Um, some people, you know, are used to and want that, you know, layers and layers of specialists all around them in order to be part of that kind of team. It takes a certain kind of clinical confidence to come out and practice um, remotely. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's, a, yeah. it's worthy of a TV show. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it is, and it is. I think it's just a fabulous story um, of of care delivery and and the puzzle of how to do it. Yeah. So you know, in the process of getting just getting the doctor here and to actually stay, and then the housing yeah. factor. Oh which, my God, the housing! You know, if you know, not just the doctors, but all the staff. Um, if you, you yeah. know, Margot, uh, one of our other jobs is to run the hotel in Nantucket Hospital. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is, you know, all of the different housing units that the hospital has and managing them and, you know, the upkeep and maintenance of them and, you know, figuring out who should, who should stay where and for how long and all, you know, we have this, we have this amazing new practitioner who can come, but they have two kids and two dogs and our policy says no dogs, but we need this practitioner. So are we going to 
say, you know, wait And that's that not for, for no reason because, you know, somebody had a dog once and then we put a next person in that unit and they had an allergy attack. And, oh, God. you know, I mean, it's just the, the level of detail is, is amazing. Mind-boggling. <laughs> it's a bit mind-boggling. Yeah. We have a recruitment and retention team that meets every week and we are constantly reviewing. Uh, we have search firms working for us and we're reviewing CVs and we have a whole protocol of who calls who. If it's a family practitioner, they may speak with Dr. Kane first. If it's an internist, they'll speak with Dr. Pearl first and then we may um, take references and invite them on island and um, and then it's still, you know, it's it's expensive in terms of time and money, but it's an investment in, you know, building a team. It's a hell of a courtship. <laughs> it's, a hell it's, of a, courtship. it's like it's like trying to date a, someone that you're really into her, and you're not. You're just praying to God that they're going to be into you. <laughs> you know, you're like, yes. Then I, we're then we're in selling mode. Yeah, right? you know. <laughs> oh man, I just uh, you just. It's so crazy that it is that uh, complex and dynamic to just try and find that perfect fit. Because I'm sure people think, well, who wouldn't want to come work on Nantucket, right? Yeah. You know, you think that people, you know. You think. You think. And for those of us for whom it's been wonderful, for myself and and my colleagues, you know, it's a surprise that it isn't for everyone. But it isn't. I mean, and we've clearly seen that. Um, and so we try and learn and understand and tr you try and predict. But until someone's actually out here working, um, they won't know if it's for them and their family. Yeah. I want to shift gears and go internally now. Let's talk about some of the staff here. What's their attitude towards the new cottage hospital? Because I'm assuming, and if I'm wrong, tell me that a lot of these nurses and practitioners that are here are overworked and understaffed. There's certainly, I think in healthcare in general, you know, healthcare is the second most regulated industry after nuclear power. And the amount of hassle factor to the joy of actually delivering care, which is why most people um, are in this work, um, is increasingly challenging. Um, and um, it's important for us, it's important for me at many my colleagues I've worked with in the trenches in the ER for um, over a decade. And um, I would love, my vision is that Nantucket Cottage Hospital is a healthy place to deliver care as well as receive care. Mm -hmm. um, and there are lots of pieces to that. And we work on them every day. And, um, uh, and a building, a respectful space, and that's why we've put a coat of paint on and done some artwork and got some better wayfinding and signage and tried to rework the flow of the current hospital on our way to a new hospital. Not It's for the patients, but it's also so that staff have a respectful space. You know, it may not be a perfect space. We may not be telemedicine capable in every room. Right. We may, you know, it, it may be awkward um, to have to, not to have the um, adequate space in every one of our rooms the only room that meets DPH current code requirements is our CT scanner room. Everything else is smaller than is considered um, appropriate wow. for current standards of practice um, and that impacts on staff. Um, yeah and I think you know we've gone through this process in designing the new building and I've you know I've seen I've been in the meetings where um, the staff have come in to you know, go over their space, whether it's the lab or the pharmacy or the emergency department and, and have a voice and saying, you know, this layout won't work because this is the way we right. operate here. And you, you should really move this here. This room should be here and figuring out how to design the space that will work for them and their department, as well as in conjunction with the other departments around them, you know, who should be next to each other, you know, what should go where. So um, I think as they've been part of that process, it's, um, you know, I think people are excited about what the future will be like in the new building. And um, I think, uh, I know I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Who designs? Is there like a guy, is there a company? I'm sure there's a consulting firm that does hospital layouts and stuff and they'll come in. So we've been fortunate to have, um, you know, pulled together some just extraordinarily exciting thinkers and experts in this field, whether it's our space planners who look at, you know, the actuarial and demographic and projected, you know, age ranges on an island and what's going to happen to medicine and is it going to be delivered more inpatient? No, it's going to be delivered more outpatient. 
So what does that mean for the number of beds you need versus clinic spaces? And, um, and then you factor in um, probably some increased volume just by virtue of the fact that it's new and people are interested mm-hmm. in that. Um, and uh, so we've had wonderful space planners. We have excellent architects, Canon Design. We did a, um, a competition um, to identify um, who I think have been really have served us very well. It's been a long um, road to figure out where we were going to be. And, um, and in that process, we've incorporated and we've learned how to think about, you know, delivering care in a, a completely new setting. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful puzzle to let yourself imagine. I always wondered lighting. For me, hospital lighting is always, always, I'm like, oh, God. That's so interesting. There's something about lighting. And I always felt, in, when I was in New York, um, Donna Karen is really uh, the yeah. fashion designer. She yeah. has a, she started a not-for-profit, and it's about palliative care. And they would do aromatherapy, light therapy, and they would go into hospitals. And they would work, and they, the first thing they would do, they would adjust lights and yes. it's so amazing how lights, and I always wonder why hospitals, like the lighting to me, it just felt, I mean, obviously for medical purposes. It that's so be. great. One of the things that's, of course, so wonderful about Nantucket is it's light. I mean, it's... So we're going to have lots of windows? So we're thinking about that all the time, and the architects are looking at, you know, where the sun is at different times of year and different times of day, and incorporating that into positions cool. of windows, and um, and then protecting privacy you know, um, screens and trellising and maybe some... You don't want a window when you're getting your Greenery. Catheter. No, you don't want that. <laughs> exactly. No. Right. Or so, maybe you do if you're a... I don't know. It's Nantucket, <laughs> so you never know. Right. And then also <laughs> thinking about those patients that are, that are going to be here for an extended period of time and will want to have that natural light if you're getting, you know, a couple hours of infusion or being here for half a day for chemotherapy. Dialysis. Or, or, yeah, or exactly. Dialysis. And figuring out the places in the building that would be the best for them to be when they're here for that amount of time. Yeah, all these we, little we, components. Yeah, we know that um, uh, beautiful views are reflected in patients' outcomes and their experience of their um, their time in the hospital. And so, we, you know, we want to take advantage of the best that's known about how to give people a good experience and deliver quality care. Yeah. Had you heard that before, that that type of thing? They do Reiki, they do aromatherapy. It was uh, all sorts of alternative medicine. With Yeah. I mean, there are many ways to um, give people a good experience. And um, having those kinds of things available, I would love to have those kinds of things but, available yeah, here. First things first. Let's get the, we need it built. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and also things like um, uh, telemedicine that, you know, if you just think about what it takes financially and um, in terms of you know fossil fuels to either get specialists here or for us to go off island for when we need to, um, if we have working with our affiliate Mass General, um, who, where there are world class specialists, it's a perfect modality to have to, to leverage telemedicine in yeah. a little hospital like this, which will never take the place of of the touch, the right touch at the right moment and somebody actually being in the room with you. I think we should explain. Some people not, might not know what we're talking about when we say telemedicine, which is a huge trend right now. It's a huge trend and it's the ability for, in real time, for a physician to be in Boston, a, a specialist, and have a telemedicine suite here on Nantucket with, say, a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant with the patient to interact in real time with the physician with sometimes with the use of specially magnifying cameras in the case of dermatology, for example, and then the local practitioner can um, position the camera according to where the dermatologists. This is suggests. great. Are we going to have this? We have this now. We do. We have We're teledermatology doing right now with Dr. Joe Cavidar. Who's good because I got something along the look okay. at my face. <laughs> we can handle it. Yeah. That's that's amazing. And and you know I I can tell this story because one of our patients actually had such a great experience and wanted us to tell his story but um, John Balash is, a, oh, yeah. is someone who um, was having a stroke and came into the emergency department um, and he talked so he's working with the physicians here in the emergency department um, and getting treatment of uh, I think it's TPA which is like a 
clot busting uh, medication that yeah. our pharmacists did for You've him. learned but so much. I know. He's showing up. I know. I know. I know. Jargon, but John, <laughs> you don't need med school. <laughs> <laughs> but John shared with us that we also had the telestroke program, which the telemedicine uh, puts us through on the screen to MGH stroke specialists. So there was a doctor on the screen who was talking with the physicians here while he was getting care here, had that initial treatment, and then went up to, uh, was transferred up to Boston. And when he came to, up in Boston, he was looking at the physician who he saw on the screen. Same person. Uh, yeah. On Nantucket was the Same person doc. that he met up there. So that's, that's so cool. Right. So that's um, another story of like how the telemedicine is improving care here and can help people. And of course, that takes a certain kind of infrastructure wiring that a 1957 building doesn't have. And as much as we could retrofit this, it's just not worth it. It's just, it is not worth it. It would be millions of dollars and it wouldn't advance the dial. We'd still have a very nice 1957 building. There's, Um, I mean, you just, we've been talking about so many amazing things that that, that are going to help the community at the end of the day, you know, the, the Nantucket. The new Nantucket Cottage Hospital is going to be a win-win. <laughs> so I think that uh, going forward, you know, where, where do we stand with the uh, plans? And is there is there a break ground date or where are we? Let's talk about that. Well, we're in a very exciting year. So we're, and we're actually very close to filing the plans to get uh, local regulatory permits. So that's at the Planning Board and the Historic District Commission. Uh oh, the HDC. I, well, of course they they will be able to weigh in on the new hospital as like they the are. Gestapo out here. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was your words, not ours. But uh, we're gonna go see them, and uh, they're gonna be able to have input on the exterior of the building. And you know, and that and they that brought is, a lot of ideas. Right. Working with the architects. Listen, in regards to the HDC, I've gone. You go to other places. Go to. Uh, where is it? The Outer Banks, and you'll see if, if they they need an HDC down there. Oh, really? Like, I've never been there. Let's well, just or some place, even on the Cape, is <laughs> a great example. Yeah, and that you know? and that was the challenge to the architects, right? So was, I get it. Is my point. Yeah, We're building a I hospital, <laughs> but it still needs to fit into Nantucket, right? So they have never designed a hospital that looks like the one that we're going to build ever, and will never again. Um, the architects, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So so right, and so we'll be filing uh, very shortly um, uh, to get regulatory approval here, as well as up at the state. Um, and that's all happening in conjunction with the fundraising, as we talked about earlier, raising the money that we need to make this happen. So we've had um, amazing support um, and contribution yeah. so far, just really on the vision of what we wanted to do now that we have something concrete to show our supporters and our donors. Uh, we've seen a lot of progress happen in the last couple months um, to reach our goal. Um, and so if all of that sort of lines up and falls into place with the regulatory approvals and the fundraising, um, we could start the construction in either the end of this year or early next year with a uh, move-in date um, sometime in 2018 uh, of take occupants of the building. This one is removed um, and you know, somewhere in 2018. Am I saying that? Yeah. yeah. First stop and shop next to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) It's an aggressive timeline. It is. But for every month that we don't build, um, it costs us more and we can build less for the same amount because construction inflation is high now. um, And and the cost of keeping this building going is not getting any cheaper. Right. I mean, you saw what happened uh, at town meeting with the, both the school and the fire department having to come back to town meeting to get additional money for the construction that hasn't, be, you know, the school just started, the fire department hasn't started, but they had to come back for more money just for that issue that Margo just mentioned, that construction inflation is so high right now that the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost. Um, so that clock for us is ticking as well. It's ticking, and we've had wonderful, you know, both the number of people who've pledged and helped us um, and stepped up 57% of the number of pledges came from year-round Nantucketers, Islanders. 50%. 57%. 57%. Wow. Of that, of the number of pledges, and um, uh, which is just heartwarming to be able to say, because we're everybody's hospital, um, and then we're at 66.7 million. I think with uh, the most recent progress with the yes. most re- recent progress of our eighty nine million dollar total project cost, and there's going to be a um, 
a thermometer on Pacific Bank, as you know. Great. Before the end of this that, month. That should be able to monitor. So people will be able to track it. Yeah. Well, I think, like hospital. I said, you know, I go back to that. I think people, even summer residents, until they have an incident where they, they need the care, and then it becomes an eye-opener for people, you know? And, and it's a very, it is serious. It's serious to everyone that has a family, everyone that comes to Nantucket, whether you're coming for the day or you're, coming, Absolutely. Or you're living here. And, uh, you never know, you know, when, I mean, that's the definition of an accident. It's not planned. Yeah. An emergency is not planned. Um, and you need to know there's a safety net. Well, I thank you guys. I, I hope we covered a lot of topics there. But yeah, it was I, fun. I, I thank really you. thank you guys for taking the time. I know you're very busy as well as you, Jason. So oh, thanks, thanks for, for coming on Inside the Whale. This is a <clears throat> very important to me personally. You know, someone well, we appreciate has your... had health and I'll, uh, health issues in the past, and I'll continue to uh, support it in any way I can because I believe in it passionately. So. Thank Anything you for I caring do, to know and for the conversation. The Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Doug. Episode 32 down, Margot Hartman, Jason Grazia Day. Thank you guys so much for that conversation. And I hope that uh, all you guys listening uh, took away some interesting facts and uh, have a little more appreciation for what goes into to the functioning and, and just, just how big of an effort it is to get this new hospital built. And I, I once again, I can't say it enough. I know I said it in the intro, but... Uh, this is only going to benefit the community, and it's important uh, when you have something go wrong. I just, I, I, you know, someone, uh, it's very personal to me. Obviously, I had some health concerns uh, with my own, uh, my own situation, so it's important to me. But I think, like I said, you know, until, you know, you, until you, there's an issue there, you don't think about it. And, and then when there is an issue, you want to have the best possible services available to you. And you know it's not, and as you heard, it's not easy doing that out 30 miles out. It's a, it's a little different, but uh, you know I think one thing that we can all feel confident in there's uh, that Margot at the helm is doing uh, a really fantastic job, and she's good at what she does. And the island, uh, we're really lucky to have her, and uh, again, we're lucky to have all the doctors that are out here, and uh, helping us. And I know. Um, yeah, I don't know where, where, what side of the fence you sit on. Whatever your gripe is, uh, I think at, at the end of the day, the new hospital really should be the focus and getting the best possible health care we can for the island. And uh, I think Dr. Hartman's doing that. So uh, what, a, what an episode. Thank you again for coming on. That's it, guys. Episode 32, onward and upward, all right? Go out there and enjoy your day whenever you're listening to it. Uh, Thanks for the click, and if you got any questions, just shoot me an email, insidethewhaleack at gmail.com. Almost had a brain fart there. Uh, and also, uh, check out insidethewhale.net. I just built my first website on Squarespace, and it was pretty easy. I have a cover page. Check it out, insidethewhale.net. Uh, I can give you all the necessary links to find all past episodes as well. 32 episodes. Can't believe I've done it, but we're doing it, guys. Thanks for the click. We'll see you on episode. We got a big episode coming up, episode 33. I can't wait to tell you about it, but I'll wait till next time. All right, guys, get out there and be awesome. <laughs>